The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Ely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. As we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour, my guest this hour is a retired presentation skills trainer, professional landscape photographer, seasoned traveler, and the founder of Successful Presentations, and the author of a new book called Four Ideas with Actionable Wisdom. His name is Bob Boylan. He joins me by phone. Hi, Bob. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Tom. Glad to be here. Um, Let me ask just, this may seem a little impertinent, but what's the difference between actionable wisdom and just the plain old-fashioned rocking-on-the-porch wisdom? Um, I've made a uh, year <laughs> career. <laughs> That's quite a question. Um, I made a career, as you mentioned, presentation training of uh, middle to senior corporate management. And my one-liner was I deliver training that takes. Ah. And so I've been gifted to be able to get people to see things differently so they do things differently. So the gist of this book, uh, I don't think anyone will have difficulty understanding the ideas. Pretty clear, pretty simple, pretty brief. But the idea is that you can use them. And that's what I mean by actionable wisdom. Is it is it kind of a, a step-by-step, like a how-to book? I, I was thinking of uh, comedian Steve Martin when he said... Uh, you know, I'm going to explain how you um, you, you make a million dollars and never pay any taxes. First, get a million dollars. <laughs> then, 
<laughs> as if getting a million dollars was the easy part. Um, but yeah. but it does this sort of spell things out a little bit for people. Yes, it does. They're very brief. The ideas are brief, and the how to it is brief. Uh, I can give you some examples, but uh, one of them is based. They're all based on this one principle. I happened to have a uh, Benedictine priest as my mentor, Father Arnold Weber, for 16 years in Minneapolis. I'm self-employed, and I'll see him every three months. And he would say to me, sort of an embarrassingly amount of time, number of times, Bob, uh, as I'm talking, Bob, do you know this Christian principle? Yes, I do, Father. some reason you're not doing it? He's pretty direct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I would uh, schmooze out, I thought, a decent answer. And he'd say, he'd laugh. And he'd go, but you do know it. Yes, I do, Father. Then he'd laugh. He'd go, well, Bob, to know and not do is to not know. The next three months. So more than I'd like to admit, I got an appropriate kick in the butt to do something instead of just knowing about it. And so the whole intention of my writing in this simple rule book is to get people to get the idea and then do something. So but, to but know the ideas and not do them is you may as well burn the book. Bob, so often, <laughs> though, you know, we're told just do it. Yep. But then, okay. I've made a decision to do it. How how does the doing part work? How do you get that started? There are people out there that have always wanted to start a business. And they decide, yep. you know, they've got the skills, they've got something to offer, there's a market for it, then what? Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm what I'm getting at? Yes, I do. Let me take the first idea, which is called How to Balance Your Life. Okay. In corporate America, Tom, it's, it's typical if I have all these people in front of me, men and women, usually more education than I've got, all that master's and plus. I ask a simple question, how's it going? And they give me a one-word answer, busy. Really? Right. Well, Bob, my life's in constant white water. That's what they'd say. I'm guessing that your many listeners, if I were to ask them that question, or you that question, how's it going? It would be a, a fairly typical answer. Busy, man, busy. Well, the idea on how to balance your life, this is the how-to, is that I believe you need to find what I call calm water. And quite frankly, that means you're getting up probably 30 minutes earlier. And you need to go someplace predictably calm. It could be your living room. It could be your favorite chair. It could be your porch, your deck. It could be Starbucks. I go there, 530. I find my little corner. I'm alone. I don't have to be alone. could be looking at a calm lake. But it's I call calm water. And why I do that? Oh, I get that. Uh, when when my kids were young, Bob, and and yep. tempers would flare and things would get a little chaotic, I used to stop them and say, calm blue ocean. 
that's so, cool. So I'm 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 with you on this idea of calm water thinking. Okay. Um, it it's yeah. it's a way of just just sort of clearing the deck, and and recharging your battery and catching your breath, right? True. The first thing you need to do is find this place that's predictably calm for you, and then realize that most of us stay busy because most of the time we're thinking about our professional work life. And it's hectic. It's whitewater. So during the calm water time, I'm working on the principle of you become what you think about. No one disagrees with that principle. No one. It's centuries old. We become what we think about. So I want calm water in your life so that you have a chance to think about things over your entire life, not just your work life. And as you sit there and think about projects that you're trying to work on or something that would really be a lot of fun for you, like take guitar lessons or something, you start to you chill out and balance your life. It doesn't take away the white water life you're leading, but you can go back into the busy professional life, more balanced, and research crews will be more productive. But you must, NUSC, create a habit of doing this. And usually the only time of our day that we have control over, total control, is first thing in the morning. It's the only time someone can't tell you what to do. When I talk to, uh, when I talk to people, Bob, a lot of times uh, I'll ask them, you know, how are you doing? They say, you know, fine or okay. But the ones who say, oh, man, I am just busy, I, I mm -hmm. always ask them, is it a good kind of busy? <laughs> That's a good question. Because sometimes it is. Sometimes it means, you know, you're, you're making lots of sales and, you know, it's, it's a kind of busy that you need in your life. And, and so I always ask them, is it a good kind of busy or are you just busy, you know, just spinning your wheels? Well, um, I think that uh, we happen to have uh, had an experience where between 213 and 216, we lived in Europe for two and a half years. And one of, if you were to ask the Salzburg, European, right? Uh, pardon? Was it Salzburg? That's where we started. That's right. Yeah. We, uh, I had a photo shoot in uh, west of Innsbruck at the best garden in the country. And after that photo shoot, um, we toured around for two more weeks. And my wife Linda said at the end of that time, kind of quietly, do you think you could ever live here? And I said quietly, yeah. So we get home and we're talking to people about how excited the trip was, and they said, man, you're jazzed. You ever think of living there? And Linda said, yeah. So after about three days, I said, what are you thinking about, Linda? And she said, living in Austria. <laughs> I said, that's, that, that's all I can think about. So in six weeks, we made our, to, to our friend's opinion, rash decision to sell our home on a golf course, looking at a 13,000-foot mountain, and we moved to Austria and then to France, different locations for a total of two and a half years. The reason I bring it up is what you just said, is if you ask a European, and I fly back and train and make some money to help pay for the trip, I'd, they, I'd say, tell me what you think of Americans. 
and I don't care if they're German or Swiss or Italian or French or whatever. They say, I, we think that Americans seem to live to work. In Europe, we work to live. That's and an so, interesting distinction, Bob. Well, they, they demonstrate it. I mean, they start you off with four weeks vacation. We need to work 10 years to maybe get that. But to your point, good, busy, bad, busy, I don't think, Tom, that in America we can escape whitewater. It's our culture. We work hard. We're very productive. And the whole idea, this first idea is, granted, we're not going to take the busyness out of your life, but I want to balance your thinking across your whole life so that you will become what you think about, which is then not only your job, but the other things in your life. That make any sense? It, it makes absolute sense, and I'm enjoying this conversation very much. Um, Good. And, and I Good. want to... Uh, We've got a break coming up in a couple minutes, so I don't want to dig too deep on uh, uh, on this next yeah. thing um, until we get back from the break. But um, okay, what uh, what I I do want to do is remind people that uh, my guest is Bob Boylan. The name of the book is Four Ideas with Actionable Wisdom. How, how did the idea to turn this into a book come about, Bob? Actually, as a COVID experience, I was getting ready to publish, and when they go on my website, they'll see that I published two books in 2021. One's on retirement, one's this four ideas. And I had the retirement book pretty much done, ready to go to press early 220, excuse me, 220. And I got this idea. So I've been talking about these four, four ideas for a long time. Why don't I write them? Hey, hot dog, why don't you put two books out the same year? <laughs> so, nothing terribly clever other than I always talk about these things. Well, Tom, this might sound a little strange, but the way I'm introduced when I'm training somebody, corporate people, they'll say two things. Here's Bob, the paradigm changer. That's what they all say, and I'll talk about that later. And they'll say, by the way, he's paid to teach you how to be a better presenter. He'll do that. But listen up, pal. He's got some other ideas. And these four these four ideas always squeak out. Always. Well, so it's time to put them in print. Well, good for you for knocking this book out during the quarantine. I've talked to a number of very successful writers who really admitted that they got kind of 2020. They just... Uh, were not as productive as they could have been. And, and looking back, you know, they said, boy, I was kind of like a deer, you know, caught in the headlights. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, I, I really didn't make good use of this time. And it looks like you did. And, and speaking of making good use of time, I have to take a break here. Um, let our okay. broadcast partner squeeze a few words in. And Bob's going to stick around and we'll talk some more after the break, I hope. Sure. Good. And uh, if, uh, let's see, we'll let our broadcast partners uh, jump in here and do whatever they do. And if you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be right back. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Bye from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Jonah Bodie. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue my conversation with uh, uh, the author of Four Ideas with Actionable Wisdom, Bob Boylan. Uh, he's with me by phone. Bob, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. No problem. No problem at all. Um, just before we went to break, Bob, you had mentioned something about change, and and I wanted to bring that up because it's it's right on the cover of the uh, the book. These four different um, ideas that you talk mm-hmm. about, and it's uh, it's a couple down. It says make changes more effectively, and and I looked at that, and my first impression was. For some people, they just need to hear the first two words, make changes. <laughs> you know, people, frankly, we have people are so, so like, people are resistant to change, is my point. Well, yes. The joke when I talk about that is the only person that likes change is the wet baby. The rest of it, <laughs> the rest of it, good, good game. You know, we all talk about change big C word, none of us really like to do it, but the fact of the matter is, you must make changes, some big, some little. Well, and it's so funny, Bob, because, you know, people, I've seen people, and I've done it myself, I I don't want to point fingers at other people, um, where you yearn for change, and then when change is offered to you, you kind of reject it. True. Sometimes out of fear. Sometimes out of uh, laziness to uh, learn something new. Yeah. But I'm really not a psychologist, as, and and my book doesn't go really deep. My book talks about the obvious. I'm not a research uh, person that says here's five, fifteen ways why we resist change. The book is not about that. It's about the fact is, you do make changes, and here's an idea to help you make them more effectively. And earlier you were talking about the idea of actionable. I really like that question. Yeah, what the difference is between, you know, just good old-fashioned, you know, wisdom of the elders rocking on the front porch to actionable wisdom. My main uh, professional skill that I mentioned briefly is I'm a paradigm changer. That's my professional skill. A paradigm is defined uh, lots of different ways, but the essence is it's the way you believe something is. It's the way you see it, and you're quite sure that's correct. And I have the ability, professional skill, to help you see things differently, for example, in this case, change. And once you see it differently, you can do it differently. So all of a sudden, you're looking at change as not something that's impossible. But if I do a couple things, I can actually pull this off. And my gifts from God that's my professional skill, paradigm changer. My gift from God is I define myself. If you say to me, uh, and maybe this is in some of the stuff that uh, was sent to you about me, is I'm a seed planter of ideas. 
to creatively encourage and inspire others. So I couple those gifts to help you see it differently, in this case change, or balance like we were talking about, or gratitude, so you can do it differently and start to use that knowledge instead of just know about it. Well, I was reading some of the material that was sent to me uh, about you in advance of this uh, conversation, and there was a phrase that caught my attention. Um, you were described as a lifelong encourager. Yes. How, how do you encourage people to embrace change or other things that they might be reluctant about? Let's talk about what we think about and change. Yeah. The ability, the ability for any of us to register and regulate our thinking requires both imagination and rationale. Now, that ability, which I believe is God-given, is the most powerful ability we've been given. Now, here's the big line to write down something in your brain. Because we control what we think about and how we think about it. So take the change idea that you brought up. We control how we think about that change and why it might be important and necessary or essential or let's consider it as just how something in our life is not working quite like we'd want it to. Should we do anything about it? Well, it's our, it's, <laughs> we decide. We do. No one else does. What we're going to think about regarding that change and how do we think about it in, this, in effect? How do we make the change effectively? It's totally under our control, not our circumstances. It's how we view and deal with the circumstances. Circumstances should not govern our life. It's our attitude toward them that we are in control over. Sounds a little philosophical, but it's really not. It's very you, you think about this every day, all day long. Well, if that sounded philosophical, wait till we get into this. One of the areas that you explore, <laughs> <laughs> one one of the areas that you explore in your book, Bob, is be more creative, and that really caught my attention because I ask a lot of creative people. Um, mm -hmm writers and and musicians and and actors can you teach creativity or is that something that we all have that we can call mm -hmm. on more and i'm curious what your thoughts are because you know that statement on the cover of the book be more creative sounds like it's you know it's, it's another one of those just do it things this will be a little tricky on the radio for me to show you the essence of the idea, but most people listening to you, as well as yourself, Tom, know what it means to go outside the box. You know what I mean by that? Absolutely. Okay. In the book, there is the nine-dot square, the square created with nine dots. And the square, it's the square. The chief puzzle worldwide to teach creativity is to ask the person, and I do this in the book, please connect the nine dots with four straight lines. I've done this 
all over Europe and in America. And they'll connect the nine dots in a square, but they don't connect all nine dots. They connect only eight of them. So I show them how they need to go outside the square to connect nine dots. Oh, they go, oh, I would, no one gets this. Yeah, you're, you're redefining the box. Everybody assumes the box is a square. That's correct. Well, the nine dots are in a square shape, but they connect it with a, their pencil or pen, and I show them, try it again. And they'll still stay inside the box trying to connect the nine dots. Everyone does. I'd say one out of a hundred get it. I don't care if they're a PhD or a sixth grader. And that's easy to do when you can't even speak their language. <laughs> PhD. They, laugh. they start laughing. Bob, PhDs aren't what they used to be. Maybe not. <laughs> that's just that's but, just an observation point, of mine. Yeah, the point of the discussion in the box is that almost no one goes outside the box. That's interesting. In the book, it shows you. Let me just lay the scenario out. Yeah. To your listeners, please. It's January two thousand twenty. And you might remember the Paris Accord, where eighty-two countries got together and said, "You know, we got a global, we got a, global, a climate change problem. We got to do something." Eighty-two countries, about two, two years ago, said, "Yes, we do," and they agreed to do something. I'm assuming this is now in my imagination, working Tom. In January two thousand twenty, those people got together and said, "I know what we're going to do. We need to make major headway. What we're going to do." is tell corporate America, corporate India, corporate Saigon, corporate Germany, why don't you have your people stay home? Work from home, won't have to drive their car, create all those emissions, we will make major headway towards global warming. So they went to corporate America, corporate Berlin, corporate Oslo, corporate London, and said, hey, tell your people to stay home and do their work. And of course they all responded by saying, you don't get it. You don't get it. We've always worked in our offices. This is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Two months later, everyone's at home. And would you believe it? They're getting the work done. Maybe not as much fun, but they're getting the work done. They were forced, no option, to go outside the box. And they found it worked. And and found a lot of new ways to make it work. That's correct. And they went outside the box again. Now, this would be a little tricky. This of the four ideas is the hardest one to pull off. Kind of followed my line of thinking. It's in the book. When you go outside the box, you have focused energy working for you. And you work pretty hard to figure out how can I efficiently and effectively get my work done at home instead of driving to the office. And we did. So we were successful. Then I looked up a bunch of stuff in psychology. What happens when we fall in love? Watch this. We start to do things that are kind of un un irrational. Our emotional energy is heightened. Everybody agrees with that. Therefore, 
since we're going to have to go outside the box again, by definition, partly because of COVID, why don't we not only use the rational energy because we got to make it work, why don't we fall in love with risk, the risk of going outside the box? So now we have both emotional energy and logical energy working for us. For some people, that will be hard to take, but that's my idea. To be more creative, we can fall in love with risk going outside the box. Therefore, more people might try it. I've been talking about that square my entire life. That's how I teach. We must go outside the box for any significant idea. There, but, none of them are inside the box. And it's interesting, Bob, because as I mentioned, I've asked a lot of people if you can teach creativity. And everybody kind of fumbles around and goes, well, no, everybody's creative. They just have to find it. You can nurture it. You can encourage it. But this idea, the, the box that you talk about, is such a... Uh, a clever exercise because when we're when we're challenged to think outside the box creativity is is required that's correct that's the therefore and most organizations will tell their people we need to be more innovative We've got to be more innovative to be competitive, etc. Then somebody goes outside the box of their job description and says, why don't we do this? And lots of times their hand is left. You know, don't be that creative. And so we're taught pretty much in corporate America to stay inside your box. And someone like me comes along and says, well, I know you use PowerPoint all the time in your presentations. There are other mediums. Well, not here, they're not. Well, I, I can't even get him to think about using a flip chart. <laughs> it's really strange. <laughs> <laughs> because a one-on-one -on -one presentation with a PowerPoint doesn't cut it, man. And so I try to get you to see, in this case, going outside the box can really be a lot of fun. But it does, to your point force you to do something different that you've never done. And that's both risky, you go, holy mackerel, and lonely. You're the only one out there. Well, and the, and the, uh, the fourth item, we've actually kind of uh, touched on all four of the ideas, or we're about to add the fourth, which is uh, dealing with gratitude. It just simply says, be more grateful. What, what is the role of gratitude in actionable wisdom? Bob? Are you with me? Bob? I'm just hearing scratchy noises from your end. Bob? 
Well, maybe Bob will call back so we can finish up here a little bit. I'm talking with Bob Boylan. He is the author of Four Ideas with Actionable Wisdom. And we've talked about how to balance your life, make changes more effectively, be more creative. And now we're going to add the uh, the fourth box, be more grateful, with uh, Bob Boylan. And I think... Yeah, Bob. Yeah, stand by. Stand by for just a second. Okay, Bob, we've got you back. I don't know what happened. I just started hearing static from your end, and I couldn't hear your response when I brought up what uh, gratitude has to do with actionable wisdom. Okay, we're there. Yep. I thought we got disconnected. I'm not sure we did. No, something happened, and I just couldn't hear you. Okay. Anyway, we're back. We're back. We're live. I, I think that, um, can I tell you a tiny bit about this balance idea? Sure, absolutely. Or, uh, well, I mean, you might have more questions, so I'm going back to a subject you brought up. Yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's an interesting little story. One of my training clients was a 28,000-person international construction company. And in 2007, I took a three-month break. I've never taken three months off work since I was 18. My wife and I went to Europe for three months at a magnificent time, took a lot of planning, etc. And my first client, when I came back, and believe me, I had that scheduled fast to pay for the trip, was this 28,000-person construction company. And... The HR guy has used me a lot, and he came down to the workshop room and said, can I see you after the workshop? Sure. So I go up to his office, and he said, uh, how was the trip? I said, fantastic. I'm so energized, I can't believe it. He said, Bob, do you know why we hired you? I said, of course, to improve your people's uh, presentation ability. Well, well, you do that, but that's not why I hired you. I said, probably ought to clue me in. He laughed. He said, because of things like you just did, this trip, because you were a skier and you bike on your road bike the Oregon coast and you do this and you do that and then you come into it, you are an extremely well-balanced guy. And you tell stories about all that stuff to make your point about how to be a better presenter. Our people aren't very balanced. You encourage them, you motivate them, in fact, to be more balanced. And when they are, they're more productive. He said, that's why I hire you. I can hire other presentation guys. You are balanced. But I never had anybody tell me that. And I think that we get a little stale if we're too focused only on our business. We're not, we're not the greatest conversationalists. Kind of boring. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that, but we've uh, we've we've talked about three of the four ideas, and I did want to bring up, as we get close to the end, um, a little bit about gratitude. Uh, it says on the book, uh, "Be more grateful" on the cover, yep. and I just and I just wondered how you tie uh, gratitude into this uh, concept of actionable wisdom. Okay, most people reading the book 
will agree they've heard that and they know that gratitude is a powerful virtue. My book does not go into the research that proves that gratitude is a powerful virtue. Some people will say it's not the only greatest of virtues, but the parent of all other virtues. My line is, see your life through the lens of gratitude. So in the book, I do give a bunch of quotes that other people say gratitude is so powerful, but almost no one writes a daily gratitude journal. And until you do, you will not be the recipient of the power of gratitude. In effect, have more things showing up in your life to be grateful for. I show you how to do that, utilizing the technology in your iPhone, and you will, in fact, during your calm water time, write a daily by date gratitude journal, and your life will change. You will never stop. That's a Most tremendous idea. That's a tremendous idea, Bob. And I uh, uh, interviewed someone uh, a few years ago, uh, a journalist who had written a book called The Gratitude Diaries. That was Oh, uh, Janice Kaplan. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, I was trying to get her name, and I, I, I couldn't bring it up. Um, she got a great. She has a book full of the research on gratitude. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's uh, and it's interesting how things change in. Uh, relationships, but also in how we feel when we exercise gratitude. And I'm going to exercise a little gratitude right now by thanking you for spending this time with me this morning, Bob. We're almost out of time, and I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about and about you and your work, past, present, and future. Uh, Do you have a website, Bob? Yes, uh, the the way to find out about the books that I've written and my landscape photography is to go on my website, which is Bob Boylan, B-O-Y-L-A-N, BobBoylan.com. And you will see on the website lots of um, people have written reviews of both books, professional reviewers, and you'll see a couple of kind of humorous videos they can watch. One's called what size is your frying pan? Lots of fun. And it will help you determine if you want to take the next step, which is instead of just knowing about these things, uh, both these books are pretty short and doable, and you'll get some ideas on how to go forward. So I'm hoping that your conversation that you've really directed very nicely. Well, thank you. Well, let some people, no, really, Tom, get some people to act other than say, well, that was kind of interesting. Thank you very much. Bye. But these are ideas that everybody can use to have a better life. But you well, got to do them. That's the perfect note to end on, Bob. And uh, again, you. I say thank you and keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Tom. Bye-bye. Take care. That was Bob Boylan, author of Four Ideas with Actionable wisdom. We'll have uh, more of the Tom Sumner program or our final segment straight ahead. Hey! (laughs) This is the Unknown Comic and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now! And now and now too and even now! 
Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. 
uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
Words are jangled in your head Why did summer go so quickly? Was there something that you said? Love was walk along the shore Leave the footprints in the sand And is the sound of distant drumming Just the fingers of your hand And pictures hanging in a hole We are the fragment of our song Have remembered names and faces But to whom do they belong? And when you knew that it was over Like a wheel within a wheel Never ending or beginning On a never spinning reel As the images unwind Like the circles that you find In the windmills of your mind TomSumnerProgram.com I remember the night Mom was pounding on her drums. She called me to her side. She said, son, you're growing up. Pretty soon you're going to drive. And Daddy heard the commotion and came, came in tap dancing, playing his six-string. And they both looked at me and they said, son, before you get behind the wheel of a car, you listen to me. If you're texting while you steer, don't drive. If you've been drinking beer, don't drive. If you're talking on the phone, don't drive. If your tires are bald and it's starting to snow, don't drive. If your foot can't reach the pedal, don't drive. If you're wearing no apparel, don't drive. If you took an illegal prescription, don't drive. And no one understands your diction, don't drive. Don't speed, don't don't shave, don't rave, don't wave, don't eat And don't put no makeup on or shave You know you're not supposed to do that <laughs> If you gotta do something you're not supposed to do You can go ahead and step on my blue suede shoes Ah, go ahead and scuff them up If you're driving with your knees Don't drive If while you roll you eat if you don't know how to drive Don't drive If you've been psychedelicized Don't drive If you're kissing on your boo Don't drive If the boo's kissing on you Don't drive If you've been drinking at a bar Don't drive If there's guns in the car Don't drive Don't groom, don't shave, don't tweeze, don't nurse, don't Voice these things in your ears Or rummage through your purse Something you're not supposed to do You can go ahead and talk on my Fu Manchu Go ahead, I don't care Watch me tear If you feel like a nap Don't try If there's a pooch on your lap Oh, it's dangerous and creepy If you're feeling really wired If your license is expired Don't you drive uh, around the town Something you're not supposed to do You can go ahead and stop 
step on my Bluesway shoes, scuff them up, then go ahead and pull on my Fu Manchu. Yeah. If you want to do something, you want to do something that's good. If you're feeling like any of that stuff, don't drive. Make sure you got a clear head. Ow. Well, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. I want to say thanks to all my guests, uh, author Bob Boylan, who's a retired presentation skills trainer and professional landscape photographer, seasoned traveler, among many other things. His book, Four Ideas with Actionable Wisdom, interesting conversation to be sure. And before that, what a fun conversation with Lauren Cochran from London, talking about her new book, uh, The Ten uh, it's called The Ten, The Stories Behind the Fashion Classics. She is the senior fashion writer for The Guardian. And uh, we uh, started out with uh, back-to-back interviews first thing this morning, um, talking about uh, back and neck health with Dr. Mohammed Biden from the Mayo Clinic. And we talked about uh, Superior Fish Beings, a new PETA campaign with... Uh, PETA campaigner Jonathan Horn. That was during the uh, first hour. Join us tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday, which means, of course, armchair politics and political operative Bobby Clayton Walton will be joining our roundtable regulars. Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left and uh, longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right for our weekly roundtable featuring uh, commentary and analysis about local state and uh, national headlines in politics and current events with some quotes and of course uh, my favorite the x-files that's smoking george winters tickling the ivories in the background there which lets me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room so see you tomorrow good night everybody the tom sumner program is a live variety show we want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.